I shall read today's scripture reading, which is taken from Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 to 34. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moths and vermin destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moths and vermin do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They don't labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more cloth you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, What shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Our Reverend Lenita will preach to us from here. The head, the heart, and the wallet. Uh, once a year, um, traditionally in all Methodist churches in Sarawak, the um, treasurer will present to us the financial report of the year that has just passed and then also present the budget for the current year. Although it was uh, our brother David's first time and he was very anxious about it, but he has done the easy part. Pastors always find it very difficult uh, to talk about money from the pulpit. And so today, but yet we need to talk about it because if you look at um, the budget that was uh, presented or even if you look at the actual spending of uh, last year, the main source of our income is actually from offerings and tithes. Right? And here you may have other incomes uh, at the end there. Uh, some churches have got property and so they may have rental. And in other churches, all the classrooms are up for rent. And so if the boys' brigade and the girls' brigade and any meeting, you've got to pay rental. But we don't do that at FMC. So we don't have rental income. And our FD in the bank would uh, generate some interest but again, that's not our main source of income. Our main source of income is actually tithe and offering. 
And so as we talk about tithe and offering, we want to think and reflect and ask what has God uh, to say about this. And so like I said, it's always difficult, right, when pastors talk about money. Uh, my younger brother always reminds me that, uh, pastors, you don't talk about money. You know, you talk about love and forgiveness and God's grace and so on. Don't talk about money. But yet, when we think about Jesus, does Jesus talk about money? I've listed here some of the examples. Actually, in the Chinese services now, I, I covered that. And so, but if you look at it, remember the widow and the two coins? Jesus talked about money. Remember that par uh, parable of the talents? It was also about money. Or you can talk about gifts. He talked about paying tax to Caesar. Render unto Caesar what belongs to Caesar. Render unto God what belongs to God. And then remember there was incident where Peter said, we must pay tax and I've got no money. All right? Again, talking about money. And then of course, Jesus reprimanded the Pharisees talking about their way of tithing. And then, of course, the incident where he talked to the young man, reminding the young man to sell everything and to follow him. And so as we look at the Bible, sorry, I, I forgot to cover that. As we look at the Bible, we all know how many books in the Bible, right? How many? Six to six, yes. How many in the Old Testament? 39. How many in the New Testament? 27. How many Gospels are there? Four, alright. How many verses in the Gospels? Ah, that one don't know already, okay. We may know the chapters, okay. How many chapters in Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, but how many verses? Okay, there's a total of 3,779 verses, alright. Now, of these verses... How many verses are about money? 228. It's about a tenth. Okay? Again, in the whole Bible, there are more than 2,000 verses about money. When was the tithe first mentioned? In Genesis. When Abraham came back from battle and he offered a tithe to Melchizedek. And throughout the whole of the Old Testament, you have both uh, the law of Moses talking about tithing, you have the prophets, the priests, the kings, all practicing uh, tithing and talking about sacrifice and giving. And so, rightly so today, as we think about tithing and giving, like I said, I've um, entitled my sermon, The Head, The Heart and The Wallet. Now, I didn't come up with this idea, all right? Actually, it's a marketing strategy, all right? There's a, a, a marketing strategy that says people don't buy with their head, but they buy with their heart. And that the heart is closer to the wallet than the head. Right? Rightly so. And so as we look at today's text and as we reflect on giving and tithing, I am sure many, many of us have heard many, many sermons about giving. And so as far as head knowledge goes, we know it. It's all in our head and we know it. And so we also know this particular passage in Matthew chapter 6, 
where it says, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, but store them in heaven. It's a decision that you have to make. You know it. You have treasures. Where do you want to put it? On earth or in heaven? It's a decision to be made, like we do with our resources. I have some money. What do I do with it? Do I put it in a bank? Do I invest in landed property or gold or shares or a condo? And if I decide to put it in a bank, which bank? Right? Which bank offers the best FD rate? And so all that is decision of the head. I have the information. I need to think about it. I need to do my calculations. And then I act on that. And so it has been said that for change to take place, any change of any sort, there must be a good reason. Our head must be convinced first. We must think through, do our calculations, research, and then make our decision. And so for many of us, we know all about tithe. And in Leviticus chapter 27, verse 30, it says, A tithe of everything from the land, whether grain, uh, from the soil, or fruit from the trees, all belong to the Lord. And so we talk about a tithe, a tenth of everything. But do you know that in the Bible, there are three kinds of tithe? Let me share with you. First of all, it's what is called the Levitical or sacred tithe in Numbers chapter 18, verse 21 up to 26. It says, I give to the Levites all the tithe in Israel as their inheritance in return for the work they do in serving at the tent of meeting. All right, the Levites do not have land, they cannot plant. Now we're talking about an agricultural uh, community. They don't have land, they don't plant, they don't harvest, so they have no uh, income. All right, and so the Lord made it in such a way that the Israelites who have land, who harvest, then they tithe and give it to the Levites as the Levites serve in the tent. And so verse 24, Instead, I give to the Levites as their inheritance the tithe that the Israelites present as an offering. And so, rightly so, our Sarawak Chinese Annual Conference practice this way. You notice just now, part of our income is our tithe to the Annual Conference. And that tithe is then used to pay the salaries of pastors. All right, And so we have that. But in verse 26, as we look at it, the Lord says, Speak to the Levites and say to them, When you receive from the Israelites the tithe I give you as your inheritance, you must present a tenth of that tithe as the Lord's offering. So Levites, they receive the tithe. But then they themselves must also give the tithe. And so you can ask the pastors, you know, you say, Oh, pastor, tell us to give tithe. Pastor, do you give tithe? Okay, alright And so pastors are also expected to give tithe But there is something that um, I have been doing uh, In the churches that I pastor at I encourage the churches That as a church At the end of the year As we look at our financial report Very often we have surplus And you know, typically what we do with our surplus is put it into FD, put it into FD, and then we build up, you know, our savings. 
But I like to say that from our surplus to give 10%, we also tithe our surplus. And that 10% is then used as the Lord leads us. And so, uh, um, since the formation of the English district, uh, I have also asked that all churches in the English district do that. At the end of the year, whenever we have surplus, we tithe from that surplus. We give one-tenth of what the Lord has blessed us with. And so in the past few years, our tithe have gone to mission agencies, gone to seminaries, gone to um, needy people, and so uh, that or, or, or uh, uh, churches in the rural area. And so we have done that. Now, that's the first tithe. The second tithe is something that we all would love, okay? Tithe of the feast, okay? In Deuteronomy chapter 14, verse 22, read, Be sure to set aside a tenth of all that your fields produce each year. Eat the tithe of your grain, new wine, and olive oil, and the firstborn of your herds and flocks in the uh, presence of the Lord your God at the place He will choose as a dwelling for His name so that you may learn to revere the Lord uh, your God always and do not neglect the Levites living in your towns. And so this tithe is used for what? For makan, for celebration, for feeding of the body, for fellowship. And again, this is something that we are, we are doing, right? If you notice just now, our spending. We spend inward on the church. We also spend outward. Now, in the inward, if you have noticed, it is for the ministries, for the girls' brigade, the boys' brigade, the Sunday school, the Christian education. It is both for the feeding of the body as well as the soul, for nourishment, for nurture. Alright, and so, so far, we are okay. And then the third tithe is a tithe for the poor. Deuteronomy chapter 14, verse 28 to 29. At the end of every three years, bring all the tithe of that year's produce and store it in your towns so that the Levites who have no allotment and the foreigners, the fatherless and the widows who live in your towns may come and eat and be satisfied. And so this is the tithe for the poor. So we set aside a portion of our tithe to help the poor, the needy, the foreigners, that means the non-believers, those who have yet to know God, as well as the fatherless, the widows, and so on. Are we doing that? Yes, we are. And so, like what uh, David pointed out just now, we have food aid, we have social concern, and so we help the poor and the needy. And so there are three types of tithe. Now, as you look at it, the first one is a Levitical and sacred tithe, 10%. The tithe of the feast, 10%. The tithe for the poor is 10% over three years. That makes a total of 23.3%. And that is what it's in the Old Testament. And that is why, if you remember in the book of Malachi, God says, bring the whole tithe. The whole tithe means 23.3%. 
And so as we know it in our heads, now that we have the information and knowledge, what are you going to do about it? That's a decision that we have to act on. And then from the head we go to the heart. Verse 21 says, For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And I'm reminded that we have just celebrated Chinese New Year and the, the thing about Chinese New Year is all the ampaos, right? And when we give our ampaos, we don't give to everyone the same. I guess those whom we love more, we give a bit more. Alright? Where your treasure is, there your heart also. But I also think about gift giving. We give gifts, right? We buy gifts. Uh, sometimes when we travel, we buy something. Or when there is a celebration, a birthday, or even a wedding, uh, we will buy a gift to give to the person. And I'm sure none of you would say, Chin Chai, Chin Chai, buy anything can do. You think about it. You think about what would be most appropriate for that person. You think about the needs, you think about the situation, you spend time thinking about it. And then after you have made a decision, you go out of your way to buy that gift. And after you buy that gift, I know none of you wrap it in newspaper, right? We will go and buy a wrapping paper. And with nowadays, it's so hard. So many decisions to make because so many choices. We choose the most appropriate one and we spend time and you know how some people really wrap the gift in such a beautiful way. All that is the work of the heart. And then when you give the gift, you don't just say, nah, here you are. We present it with all our love. And so friends, how do we give our gifts to God? Nah, here you are. I'm so glad that uh, Jared, in leading us in worship, reminded us, Heavenly Father, I appreciate you. I love you. I adore you. I bow down before you. Jesus Christ, I love you. And so out of our love for what he has given to us, we give it back to him. We give a portion of what He has given to us to Him. Paul reminds us in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. The joy of giving, the freedom of giving, all that comes from the heart. And so, in Matthew chapter 6, verse 24, says, No one can serve two masters. Either you love one and hate the other one, or you're devoted to one and despise the other one. And so, where is your heart? Where is your treasure? Tithing and giving is not just a way to support the work of the church. It is also a spiritual discipline 
that help cultivate a heart of gratitude and generosity. Tithing can lead to a greater sense of joy and fulfilment as we have enough to give or even have an abundance to give. Since the MCO, I've been ministering to an elderly lady. Her only source of income is from the rental of her property. And the rental is 4000 a month. And it's all she has. And yet, very often when I visit her, she will have a check ready. Pastor, this is for the poor and needy. Whenever I take the check, I would feel, I, w- I would struggle. That's all she has. She's a widow. And so who's the poor and needy? Isn't she one of the poor and needy? And yet she would always give it to me and I said, no, no, no. I mean, okay, this time, last time, no more. I struggle. But yet, every time when I talk to her, she would say, I am full poor. I'm a rich lady. And that what I receive from the Lord, I can give. Saya terima, saya kasih. Terima dari Tuhan, kasih. And so, it's a generosity of the heart. For her, she has abundance. And so, from the head to the heart, we talk about the wallet. When we think about the word wallet, what do you think of? Some of us still think of the little purse in our pocket. But nowadays, there's so many kinds of wallet, right? I remember when I first came to FMC, we were talking about, uh, with the leaders, we were talking about cash versus e-banking and we want to encourage people to do e-banking. And it was quite hard for the first two months. And God, in His grace and wisdom, brought along MCO. And so many of us went into e-banking, e-transfers, and then later on to Sarawak Pay and QR code and, and, and so on. Now, when we make a decision, when we're convinced in our hearts, the next thing to do then, of course, is to look at our wallets. And I'm just so very thankful that the Lord have provided for FMC that through the pandemic years we're never short of funds funds came in that we were able to do ministry and as a pastor I'm very very thankful and David presented this to us to show us that there's both the inward expenditure as well as outward and so what we try to do is we always try to do a 50-50. Of course, in the year 2022, it was 48 inward, 52 outward. But 2023, there is a slight change. And as David has pointed out to us, that we have set aside a certain sum of money for family day this year. During the LCC retreat uh, at the end of last year, we were talking about the strength of FMC got lots and lots of strength 
What about the weakness? Different people gave feedback. The one that stood up was that we are a cold church. <laughs> that the relationship between members and the relationship between members and pastors seem to have slacked over the years of the MCO. And so we want to do bonding. And so that's why the decision was to set aside a sum of money to have a family day this year. And so please, when we have family day, come. But there's a decision of the head, the conviction of the heart, and finally, the setting aside of the wallet. And likewise, the property, the expenditure of the property, or uh, as we talk about social concern, the support of uh, food aid and uh, the needy. All this shows what we have decided and then we're convicted and then we take the action. Friends, if I said that the EDC churches, we set aside 10% and recently when I went to one of the local conferences of a preaching centre, it's a small church, the surplus for last year was 9,237 9, uh, ringgit and 20 cents. Exactly. And so for me, 10% would be 923 ringgit and 72 cents. And so as I read through the report and when I went for the meeting, I would expect that that would be the amount that they're ready to give away. I was so touched and so encouraged that the pastor, the treasurer, the leaders then said, Pastor, we have already decided. We're going to give 1,000. Now, for, for a big church like us, 1,000 is, you know, it's, it's nothing. But for a small church, their surplus was only 9,000. The 10% is 900. But they have made the decision, they're convinced in their heart that they want to offer back to God more than one-tenth. And so they told me, we've already decided, 1,000. 500 will go to the refugee centre, a centre that helps refugees in Malaysia. Another 500 will go to an OKU centre. A small little church. And yet, having made decision of the head, the heart, and the wallet. And so friends, we know this presentation for this year. What's in your head? What's in your heart? And what would you do? Tithing and giving can have a significant impact on the church and its mission. Over the years, FMC have been able to do so much food aid, helping breakthroughs, supporting missionaries. It's because of what the members have done. But I like to also say that as you give and as you pledge, it creates in us a sense of community, a sense of belonging. It helps in our personal growth and transformation. And so friends, this is it. 
the head, the heart, and the wallet. Let us pray. Father, as we come before you, we are very blessed people as you have constantly reminded us. We're able to come together in worship. We're able to enjoy the blessings that you have given to us. We're also thankful to you that you have blessed us in abundance and you have used us to bless others. And we want to continue to do so. And so help us, Lord, as we look at our resources, as we make decisions, as we commit our hearts and our wallets to you. We pray that, Father, you will continue to use all of us, collectively as a church, individually as your children, to be channels of your blessings. We give thanks to you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.